Sten Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the How to Be an Elite Advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. I'll talk to you soon. We are back. This is Becoming an Elite Financial Advisor here with Andy Traub. And my uh, boss is also here at work with me today. Yep. Um, Scarlett, do you want to come up and say hi? So if you're on YouTube, you get to enjoy <laughs> this. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, get on YouTube. Um, so this is Scarlett. She's in charge. Hi. Uh, hi, Scarlett. What does your dad do for a living? He is a financial advisor. What do financial advisors do? Help people with their money. Nice. Good nice. job. Hey, I have a couple questions for you. Just stay on the mic. Um, uh, does your dad get paid... For his ideas. Yes. Correct answer. That's all we need to know, everybody. Good job. And OSR, how old are you? About to be nine. About to be nine. When's and when's your birthday? birthday? Uh, May 19th. So she wants to tell you. That's the day this is coming out. Oh, look at that. So uh, she wants everybody to know. She said, yeah. make sure you tell them my birthday's on Friday. So, so be ready for just like a flood of gifts. A flood of gifts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great job. Thank you, honey. Thank you, boss. All right. Yeah. Thanks, boss. <laughs> Uh, Sen, what are we going to talk about today? Today, um, this comes off the last two events. We've been busy cranking it out, traveling together. High five. This is great. We had an in-person How to Charge Live event. Went phenomenal. Had 20-some advisors here at the uh, world headquarters of Lead Advisor Network just outside of Nashville. Um, rave reviews on this hotel right across. They're really? like, well, they loved their, like, first great hotel, food, yes. parking, da 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 and they're able to just like walk. I mean, it's like 200 yards. I was driving in one day. There was like 20, 20 people on the, like, probably like 10 people probably walking down the street. And I'm like, who are those people? Oh, they're coming to our event. So it's a good, big, good spot. Big fan. Yeah. And then Come. another 25 we went and spoke to out in Maryland. Yeah. So that was fun. It, I get reminded coming right off that event, the, what human nature in this term that I came across called the escalation of commitment and the idea that like how firmly we will hold on to something that's familiar. And not that that's a bad trait because we all have it. I think the difference between people we meet is those that are aware of it and those that are not. Yeah. And it's the the problem with a bias is you, if you're unaware of the bias, if you're unaware of the habit. I mean, I'm sure you had it with, you know, whether probably kids, you know, it's like, stop doing that. And like, oh, I didn't realize I was <laughs> doing right. that. Right. You know, uh, my daughter. And again, I'm just trying to be a patient, good father. But she, when she's around other girls her age, 13. And then she is after a youth group at church on Sunday. She gets in the car and she said, Dad, like, I was talking to my friends and we were like, and then she's like, and I was like, Caroline, please stop using the word like. She's like, I can't help it. It's like, like everybody uses it when they like talk to each other. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, and it's like, you don't realize because you just say like, and then yeah. no, you're going to start stop, doing it. You're right? doing it now already. But, it, <laughs> but she doesn't realize it. That's well, it's funny and cute when it's a girl using the word like too many times. Yeah. But when you're older mm-hmm. and you're, you don't recognize the bias you have. And so we're going to talk about that. There's another name. You said escalation of commitment, but the other one was... Uh, Just commitment bias. Commitment bias. Yeah. Meaning, and this is true for all of us, there's there's some level within all of us that we will hold the path. Mm-hmm. And even if something, whether the result isn't what we like or some other new information comes in, our, our instinct will be to hold the path. 
And so we have to know that about ourselves that like whatever that feeling is, uh, just like when I uh, cold plunge this morning. You did the cold plunge? Yeah. You got it all set up? Oh, it's brutal. Not fun at all. But 6 a.m., cold plunged, knowing like this is going to be miserable and like, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm, I wish like, people see me on YouTube, my face is like. Oh, it was brutal. Uh, I mean, it was so, yeah, it was not yeah. fun at all. Yeah. Um, but we have to just know those things exist, like these walls in our mind. Yeah. And then just overcoming them becomes a habit. Like we don't let the feelings control us. Yeah. And so as we meet with these advisors, the it's consistent. It's, uh, I don't know if this is the case. I kind of yeah. like the way it's working. And yeah. so sometimes the worst thing that can happen to somebody is the path they're on is good enough. Yeah. And it's, inter- and it's not interrupted. I mean, I think about the, the they call them pattern interrupts. Mm-hmm. But it's literally the action of saying, stop and do something different, cold plunge, yep. right? And for others, it's charging for advice, mm-hmm. right? For others, it could be, you know, uh, whatever whatever it happened to be. I actually think one of the greatest and most easily overcome pattern interrupts, I haven't talked to you about this before, I don't think, is driving a different route to work. Mm, nice. Like as many times as you can in a row, like you drive different the only pattern is that you have no pattern. Hmm. And because we get in this this mode of I'm just going to do this, and it's like, why? Well, it's the most efficient, but like, is it the prettiest? Is it the most calming? Yep. And I will sometimes when I'm taking my kids to school, I'll say, do you want you want the pretty route or the quick route? And sometimes we're like, quick route. <laughs> nice. And other times we're like, pretty route. And it's when we drive the pretty route, mm-hmm. it's a lot more work for me as a driver because it's kind of out by levers and it's like, yeah. you know, way out 840 and such. But beautiful. All these turns. And I, I guarantee you, by the time I get to the office, I am more relaxed because hmm. even though it wasn't as fast, I wasn't on the friggin' highway the whole time. Yeah. And there's something that's, there's value in the pattern interrupt. And the problem comes in two ways. And you've taught me about this. Is one, as you mentioned before, what do you do with the pattern? Pattern interrupts make sense when it's like, oh, you're failing. You should try something different. Mm-hmm. But you were telling me that it also happens when you have some measure of success, some, and also sometimes when you have a lot of success, mm-hmm. that the reality or the pain of that is that it's really hard to stop doing something when you've done it well. Yeah. I think there's a difference between like good habits as far as I wake up at 6 a.m. every morning and I drink water right away. I cold plunge. I exercise. All these things. Yeah. And then there's like the idea of here's a business practice that's been working, therefore I'm going to do it forever. And so I want to differentiate as we talked today, like if people are like, hey, so I have these good habits I want to hold true. It's like good. Those are known. Be consistent. Have good systems each day. What I'm talking about is like the idea of your business practice. If you think that our business is not constantly evolving or that as you grow, you're not creating new problems to solve, then, then you're missing it as an entrepreneur. It's the ability to kind of like try, adapt, and change constantly in that context where I'm not saying that should be present in every part of your life. I would question what industry has not had some significant change in the last 15 years because I think that there's some very tried and true, and I would say automotive is a good example of this, Mm -hmm. where it's like it hadn't changed for a long time and suddenly it's like there's this shift happening and, you know, this is why we're talking to large companies that are bringing us in. This is why, you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of traction in, in planning right now because people are recognizing. I just got the phone with um, a member who you would know if I said their name, but like they just did AUM and they're crushing it for 25 plus years. Mm-hmm. And they just did some planning and they're like, it's just a different, 
And he, he said, it's just, he's like, I know it's coming. I have to be ready. Nice. I mean, he, to your automotive example, it's like if there's a company out there right now that's like, we're going to put our feet, like just put a stake in the ground and we're going to have low gas mileage, old cars with the same features. Right. And we're going to ride this thing out. Yeah. Guaranteed to go out of business. Yeah. Like there's some level of like within an industry, you have to keep up with certain changes. Yeah. It doesn't mean it always has to look the same and you can put your own spin on it. But what are the underlying plates that are moving and are you up to speed on those and charging for your advice and not giving your time away for free is here and you have to get on board because other stuff is going to be affected you know fees are going to be squeezed tech is getting involved but like the human valuing themselves and charging for that time if you do not learn how to do that you'll regret it let me ask you about something that is related to the 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 change that's happened into the market when when and i think that you were probably an early, early advisor when this happened. But when people started to really have the capability to do portfolio stock management all, just through the web. Just yeah. I mean, platforms on their, their own, two-day Ameritrade, E-Trade, whatever thing. Yeah, yep. E-Trade. I mean, E-Trade was probably the biggest yeah. early, right? I have to assume that within the industry, there's rumblings like, are we done? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That people like literally know like, we're done. Yeah. Right? And so how in this how can people prevent I'm done. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur. I'm going to, you know, the only time you say dinosaur is means it's, it's inevitable. You're going extinct. Right. right. So how confident do you feel and how can people avoid that feeling of like, I'm done? You know, what, what can they do to prevent that? Mm-hmm. What kind of reading practices? Uh, and then I want, I would love for you to predict, like who predict who's done. Like, who do you see? Like, yeah, your days are numbered. There, there is a a portion of advisors that are still saying, selling like commissionable investments and in mutual funds. Okay, and any of those that I meet, they've essentially said, "I'm just going to ride this thing out." Like okay. it's too hard to reinvent my business at this point um, because they don't really have recurring income that's substantial. Like they're having to even at 65 years old go out and resell everything, mm. and that's just a hard business to do over the long term. What we know to be true is there will always be a place for a human in this process. Hmm. At one point it was, they had to fill out stock trades. You had to call them in. Like there was no AI. Like that was the way you did it. Now that's obsolete. People can do that all online themselves. Yeah, this is the old trading floor of the New York Stock Exchange where you literally have people who are mm-hmm. selling individual, right? Yeah, or you had to call your broker on the phone. Yeah. They took the ticket, then they called you back yeah. with the conference. Was a, and the ticket was a ticket. I mean, it was like, you know, Oh yeah, piece yeah. of paper. Now people still want advice and guidance they are equipped to do some of the trading on their own, but there's a large segment of clients that are like, I, I don't feel confident doing it yet. That will continue to change. Think of a chat GPT for yeah. investing. Like we think that's not coming someday. There's going to be some version of it. Yeah. I don't think that's going to make advisors obsolete. But if we're relying on AUM to run our business and there is something that could happen overnight that would totally disrupt that, yeah, we'd be, we'd be foolish. It's like having one customer as a business. Yeah. It's a very, yeah. it's a very dangerous situation to be in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that client passed away and all the assets leave to the kids or that, that person just yeah. meets somebody else. And it's like, well, I, was saying, I was actually speaking generally of any business. Any business mm-hmm. that has one customer is not a good business because yeah. you're not diversified. It's yep. like only one stock. Yeah. Right? And there's AUM advisors that have 500 clients and you could lose half of them and still be okay. Like sure. you're, you're diversified in that way. But what we are telling advisors is even without a shift in the market, the the fact you are not valuing your time and energy is a problem. Yeah. Like even if nothing changes, 
Let's talk about that. Yeah. Do you value your time? Most advisors would say, yes, I do. Then why are you giving away for free? Yeah. Because the transaction is separate than that and people will pay for both. That is, I think, kind of the cornerstone we're trying to drive home. Oh, by the way, the long-term benefit of that is that as things continue to shift, you're going to be much better prepared than most advisors. Yeah. So tell me about, as, as an advisor is looking forward and they're saying, okay, guys, I listen, I'm a believer. Um, tell me about, is it, <laughs> we've talked about this sort of the, for the individual, but is there any, is there any value or worth to trying to talk to other people about, let's just say you're a business partner, you're in their office, like, what do you do with other people's, let me say, commitment bias or escalation of commitment? Like, yeah. how can you approach them in a way that they might be receptive? Like, let's assume that there's some way that someone might be receptive to this idea. Maybe they haven't heard of it. Maybe they have, but it's sort of been like, ah, I don't want to change it. Like, they think it's an all or nothing thing. Mm-hmm. What, what would be your advice to someone listening to the show is like, man, I, I, I like this, but like the people I work with, they just... They don't get it, not that they're ignorant, or, but they just they just haven't really considered that this is an option. What's what's a good way to help, I don't know, confront's not the right word, but just deal with someone else's commitment bias or escalation of commitment? I've had this conversation in a few different contexts. One, a young advisor saying, I'm coming into a firm and they don't do this. And I've told, kind of coached them up on, hey, come to them with a business plan on how to add it. Because if it's, if it's no risk to them and it's potential just an added revenue stream, then they may kind of bless you to go try it. Yeah. under their umbrella. If you have a business partner and there's some division there on, hey, let's just stay the course or not, seeing is believing. So part of that is you saying, I'm going this way. This is the way I believe now. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to see the fruit of it. Yeah. And, I mean, people come to our events before charging zero to $1,000, $1,500. Yeah. And some of the numbers we have now is that after our day and a half, they believe that they could charge up to twelve to fifteen grand. Well, the, uh, it's actually higher or higher. <laughs> so I'm just uh, the yeah. reason that I was looking at the numbers today because mm-hmm. I was uh, I was onboarding a new EAN member, um, and uh, shout out Robert, good to have you as part of the community. But I was re- I was reviewing it and I said, so you you you've charged zero. You feel like your new planning fee should be five, and you feel confident charging up to is either eighteen or twenty. Are those Strong. accurate? He said, yeah. yeah. He said yeah. absolutely. He goes, and I think I should maybe start maybe seventy five hundred, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just started at five and mm-hmm. i said that's great and and the question is like what shifted in him mm-hmm. i think he was ripe for it he came to our event for that but i love the idea of listen if you could go to someone and say i'm gonna i'm gonna do the version one of this gitmo getting mm-hmm. good enough to move on gitmo i'm gonna do the gitmo version of this i'm gonna charge 2500 3000 your very minimal basic financial plan mm-hmm. if you go to the partner your partner and you say hey we're gonna do this and then they're going to do the AUM, they're going to do whatever, but we're going to get paid for our time on this. Yeah. How much? It's not a thousand. And this is the funny thing. We've learned this because we're getting all these data points from more and more advisors is there's this safe number. Oh, yeah. And the safe number is anything pretty much below 1750. It's like this <laughs> weird. It is. It's this weird. Yeah. It's this data point. I mean, data just tells you like um, it's like they've done those other studies about how much money. At what point does that much more money not make you happier? You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Oh, yeah. They have these studies. And I feel like it's like above 90 or something like that. That like mm-hmm. it, if you make twice as much, it's, it only raises about like 5%. You know what I mean? But we've, we found this safe number among advisors. I think a lot of your listeners are probably experiencing this. Like either it's zero or it's like if they're charging mm-hmm. and they really haven't made a true focus, they're sort of, I always call it the toe in the water number. Oh, yeah. Is like you're sitting on the dock. You haven't really gotten on the boat. You're just sort of like, 
1,500, uh, 1,700, mm-hmm. right? But when you go, people who dive in, it's 4,000, and oh, then yeah. it's 6,000, it's right. 8,000. Again, our goal is not to get to 100,000. Then you're just an employee of someone. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Yep. So what other advice would you give? So you said just go ahead and, and do some a, a real basic plan yep. and, and show the revenue to the partner. Yep. Do a very scalable version of it. Another exercise would be sitting down, and hopefully advisors can look at their calendar, and you go back and you recognize the opportunities that you missed. Mm. And you say, man, these people made great income, but they didn't move their assets right away, or all I did was go in for the insurance. But there was something in the making there. Yeah. What is the probability, if you went back to your calendar for the last 12 months, any advisor with decent activity, there's 10 to 20 clients that were slam dunk planning clients. Mm. They were making 200K, had no plans in place. Yeah. So they would have fully paid somebody to help them start their journey. Right. And then you would have been being paid to stay in touch with them. Yeah. When they had the future Versus, need. and I don't mean this in a negative way, it's understandable, versus resenting when they call because you got paid on it, you know. Yeah, or they Nine never months. did anything and you forget about them. And as a good business owner, we're not tracking, hey, we made a contact. This person liked us. Yeah. The timing just wasn't right. So we're going to put them in a funnel for someday down the road. Yeah. What this approach does is we, one, never say no to anybody. I don't have to turn people away because they don't have money. I say, happy to work with you, but here's the fee. Right. And they might say no to us. In addition to that, it's, I can do business with you today. Where in the past, I would have said, hey, when you turn 59 and a half in 10 years, give me a call. Yeah. And, and so if you have a reluctant advisor, I challenge them to sit down and go back through. And assigned even just a minimum planning fee, we challenge people to not go below 3500 if you're really yeah. going to deliver a great process. And look at how much that revenue that would have been. Yeah. And then you would have gotten the business anyways as you built that model out and added all that value. Yeah. That, that's an exercise I have people go through. Yeah. So we'll wrap with this. This conversation is having, because we're onboarding quite a few members recently, which is great. Welcome to all of you new members. But it's a, it's, I, I share on this, on the, really the onboarding call, I say, just to be clear, this is our expectation. And we talked about this at our event. Like mm-hmm. this, we have an expectation that the planning vertical of your business would be six figures mm-hmm. in fees. That's right. Not the AUM, not the insurance. Those things will happen. Mm-hmm. We know they will happen. If you get the planning fee, and, and if most of the time, a vast majority of the time, you sometimes have a business owner that says, I just want planning and I'm not going to put any money in the market. Okay. But a vast majority of the time, you'll get the AUM insurance. We say, this is our expectation of this. And I think that when you have that expectation, your behavior will follow your belief mm-hmm. about yourself and your oh, capabilities. Yeah. And again and again, we found this to be true that, that that it's always the first thing we talk about, but it's it's if you believe this to be true about yourself, then you will act in a certain way. That's right. And you know the model is you, the model is our other members. So I just want to remind people that, uh, remember what sends words uh, about escalation of commitment, commitment mm-hmm. bias. Uh, just because it has been working doesn't mean that you should continue doing just that. That's right. There's other things to do. And also that what you believe about yourself, i.e. my time has value or it doesn't, mm-hmm. will then, the fruit of that will be, do you charge for your time or are you not? That's and right. we don't want to, we want to encourage you that if you're, if you're down on yourself mm-hmm. about I haven't been charging, it literally is a decision. I mean, it sounds hokey, but like, it is a decision because we've seen it happen again and again when people come to our events, part of our community. It's it's like last week it was zero. Literally, mm-hmm. this guy was talking to me today. Last week it was zero. And today he's like, man, five grand, come on. period. And it was just a decision he made. And what we know now is we've never had anybody charge for advice. We've had people come to us and say, this is crazy. You just give that away for free. Like that's that's the way the world works. You sprinkle on financial planning and you go yep. for the sale. That's just not who we are. 
but if what you can say is, is what we've never had anybody say is they've charged a fee and they've started thinking this way and then they've gone back. Yeah. We say, this has changed the way I see the business. This has gotten me more excited about the business. Yeah. This is what I was always knowing in my gut. There was a different way than what the industry kind of told me was yeah. the case. It solved my frustrations of this is taking so much time and I'm resenting people calling me even mm-hmm. though they're paying me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we we hope this is an encouragement to you and sort of an eye-opening. And again, something that we find that advisors who really, really do a great job at this is their level of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we want to lean into that. We've gotten great feedback from uh, listeners either emailing us directly or going to the iTunes and, and leaving a, a review. But this idea of self-awareness, I've heard from many listeners, and they just want us to talk about more. So we're going to keep doing that. So thanks for your time. Perfect. Thanks, bro. 